0: listening to audio from Faith Church, located on the north side of Indianapolis. If you'd like to check out more information about our church and ministry, please visit faithchurchindy.com. Hi, my name is Katie Herman, and today's scripture reading is James 2, 14 through 26. Faith without works is dead. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? You see that a person is justified by works and by and not by faith alone. And in the same way was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. This is a word of the Lord.
1: I'm sure we're probably all familiar with the saying, Actions speak louder than Words, Words. Words. yes, our actions speak louder than our words. Uh, A politician talks about the importance of public education and how public schools are the cornerstone of our communities, but she sends her kids to an expensive private school. Uh, Silicon Valley CEOs develop uh, amazing high-tech devices and social media platforms, and they tell us, oh, they help keep us connected, but they refuse to let their own kids have devices and social media accounts. A religious leader uh, preaches and teaches for years about truth and morality and uh, honesty and trustworthiness, and yet behind the scenes he abuses people that are close to him, he betrays the trust that people put in him, and he lies to cover it all up. Actions speak louder than words. In each case, the lives don't match what they said they believed. There's a difference between what is claimed and what is done. And maybe we could see some of that in our own lives, that that our words speak better than our actions, that our lives aren't always in sync with what we claim we believe. Now, it can be as simple as saying, you know, we would probably all agree that a healthy diet and exercise are important, right? Just don't ask me what's in my pantry or when is the last time I went to the gym. Uh, We would agree that uh, materialism, the pursuit of money, is dangerous, destructive. It never satisfies us. Uh, But what does my investment of time say? What does my bank account reveal? Uh, I I want to be a person who is generous and gives freely to others. But do I actually do it? Uh, We would all probably recognize that our claims don't always reflect what we actually believe, but our lives always tell the truth. In James' day, there were apparently some people who were professing faith in Jesus, uh, but their lives didn't really show much evidence of it. And especially in our part of the country, here in the Midwest, there's not much social cost at all to claiming to be a Christian. I mean, it's just as simple as, checking a box on a response form or answering a question on a survey but how do i know that i have real faith here's the idea that james wants to get at in this passage that we just heard read real faith works real faith works it actually does something it produces something it's the central theme of James' letter and and really the highlight, the the, the high point of this section that he started back in chapter 1 about what true religion looks like. Now, James was a half-brother of Jesus. He was a leader in the early church in Jerusalem and uh, probably writing 10, maybe 15 years after Jesus' death and resurrection. And uh, as a result of persecution, a number of these earliest Jewish followers of Jesus, the Messiah, have been scattered around the Mediterranean world. And James is writing to them to help them, to help us understand what does a life look like that is pleasing to God, that really reflects the faith that we profess. Because it's one thing to say that we have faith in Jesus. But I don't know if you heard in the scripture reading, James mentions a couple of times a faith that can be dead A faith that is useless. So what does real faith look like? Is my faith more than just believing things that are true? Does my faith produce anything? Because real faith works. And we're just going to look at that this morning in in three ways. Real faith acts. Real faith shows. And real faith depends or trusts, responds. Real faith works. So if you haven't already go ahead and open your Bibles or your scripture journals to James chapter 2 and let's jump in. The first thing James is telling us is that real faith acts. Real faith acts. Look in verse 14. What good is it my brothers or my brothers and sisters if someone says he has faith but he does not have works? Can that faith save him? And then in verse 17, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. James is not contrasting someone here with mature faith and someone with immature faith. He's not contrasting uh, someone who has weak faith versus someone who has strong faith. He's saying you either have a faith that saves, that's demonstrated in action, or you don't have faith because it's possible to claim to have faith and not actually have it. So how do I know that I really have faith in Jesus? James says, look for works that demonstrate that faith. He's not saying we're doing works in addition to faith in Jesus. He's, He's not saying that we're adding works in order to be justified. He's saying that the works that flow out of our relationship demonstrate that we really know Jesus. That that works are the fruit, the result, the output of faith. Real faith produces results. Real faith works. James is not saying work instead of trusting in Jesus. He's not saying work in addition to placing faith in Jesus. He's saying works are a result of placing our faith in Jesus. And if there are no works that follow that faith, James is suggesting we may have to question if we really have faith in Jesus. Faith and deeds are inseparable because real living faith produces something. And that's not just true about our spiritual lives, it's it's true in all of life. We have this beautiful 60 foot tall tulip poplar in our yard. It's just a gorgeous tree. You know, in the spring, the, the blossoms come out and there are these beautiful white and yellow flowers and then this provides lovely shade all year long. It's just a a delightful tree. At least it was. Until this spring, with all this weird weather of, uh, you know, warm weather, and then snow, and then more sun, and then rain, and wind, and snow, and storms, and then more sun, and the blossoms have all died, and the leaves have turned brown and dropped off the tree. I say the tree is still alive, Amelia's convinced it's dead. How do we know? The only way to know is to see if the tree produces anything. The only way I know if that tree is alive is if it produces blossoms and leaves and if it grows and reproduces. If there's no fruit, there's no life, there's no faith. James says, let me show you what this looks like in real life. Look in verse 15. If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, oh, go in peace, be warm and be filled, without giving them the things they need for their body, what good is that? So here is someone who is habitually uh, naked, underfed, without resources to provide for themselves, kind of like the homeless in our society. And someone responds with this pious, oh, God bless you, go in peace, but doesn't actually do anything. James is saying the words are just a religious cover for their inaction. Confronted with immediate desperate needs, this person just responds with pious wishes for their well-being. Faith by itself, James says, if it does not have works is dead. This person's faith is not just inoperative, it's, it's not on hold, it is inert, it is useless, it is dead. What good is it? What does it profit anyone, James asks? Nothing. There's, there's no profit to that person, there's no profit to the person in need, there's no profit to the kingdom, there's no profit to anyone. It's worthless. Faith that saves, James says, is faith that serves. Faith that saves is faith that serves. Real faith works. Real faith acts. And James anticipates that we, that someone's going to object to what he's saying. Look in verses 18 and 19. But someone will say, well, you have faith and I have works. Well, show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. Even uh, you believe that God is one. Wow, good, you do well. Even the demons believe that and shudder. James is saying real faith shows. Real faith acts and real faith shows. And James goes to the, the greatest example, the central expression of the faith of the people that he's writing to from Deuteronomy 6, the Shema, that every observant Jewish person, knew and recited by heart, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Now we are called to believe it because it's true. But James says even demons know that there's only one God, but it does them no good. In fact, it causes them to tremble. It is awesome power and and glory. The problem is not the creed. The problem is not the profession. The problem is that it doesn't go beyond the words to do anything in this person's life. The words don't mean anything if they're not connected to how we actually live. Faith is known by our lives. Real faith works. Real faith shows in our lives. After the 9-11 attacks, uh, America went to war. Uh, Many of you probably remember that. There was a a tremendous outpouring of support and encouragement for our armed forces, especially fighting overseas. And uh, many people had uh, little uh, magnets on the back of their car, bumper stickers that said support our troops. I had one. Nobody ever asked me, what are you doing to support our troops? Which is good because I'm not sure I would've been able to answer that. Uh, Did you see my car magnet? I didn't volunteer at the USO. I didn't write letters to soldiers serving overseas. I didn't organize intentional, committed, persistent prayer efforts for our armed forces. The magnet was a kind of performative righteousness. Sort of like when we go online and we share things on social media or we, you know, write letters about the latest social issue or justice issue or freedom issue. What am I actually doing about it? James wants to know. Look at what he says in verse 18. Did you catch this? Someone will say you have faith. I have works." Show me your faith apart from your works. Think about that. How do you do that? How do you show someone your faith apart from your works? You can't. That's James' point. There is no way to show someone faith apart from works. You only see faith by what I do, by what it's doing in me. That's why James says, I will show you my faith by my works. You can see what I believe by looking at my life because faith shows. Even the demons believe that God is one, and they shudder. Real faith is not merely intellectual agreement. Real faith is not even just an emotional response. The demons have an emotional response to the truth. Faith in our hearts is seen by the fruit in our lives, James says. Faith in our hearts is seen, it's shown by the fruit in our lives. Real faith works. Real faith shows. You still don't believe me, James asks? Okay, let's look at some biblical examples. Wasn't Abraham, our father, verse 21, justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and his faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that said, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. And in the same way, was not also Rahab justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? So Paul, uh, James is saying here, sorry, real faith responds. Real faith actually responds to what God is saying, to what God is calling us to do. And And James is saying Abraham is the example of being justified by works. And that should probably set up a tension in our minds because we often think of the Apostle Paul talking about Abraham being the example of being justified by faith and not by works. So let let me see if we can uh, picture it this way, okay? I I brought a little uh, illustration. Uh, Here is me. This is present-day Jeff, right? And uh, over here is uh, future Jeff. I'm, uh, I've been glorified. I'm, I'm raised with Christ. I'm uh, robed in his righteousness. Uh, my halo's a little crooked, which is probably accurate. Paul is standing here in the future, and he's saying, this is what you are heading towards, and this is what Christ has done for you. And looking back to the present, looking back to present Jeff and saying now know that believe it it's because of what Christ has done that this is your future James is standing in the present with present day Jeff and saying if that's where you're heading if that's what you believe your life is where is it showing up in how you're actually living I want to see the evidence that you really believe that's who you are James is saying Show me that that's what you really believe, because is your life heading in that direction? If it's not heading in that direction, maybe you need to ask if you're even on that path. They both agree that we are saved by faith alone, but not a faith that is alone. We are Christ's workmanship, Paul says, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. James says Abraham's faith found its fulfillment, its perfection in what he did, in his obedience. When Abraham believed, God gave him this status, declared that he was righteous by his faith. When Abraham later is willing to offer his son Isaac, his faith is perfected, it's completed, and his faith is demonstrated, and he is justified by the Working out of his faith. And so Abraham responds to God in what God calls him to do, and the angel of the Lord, back in Genesis 22, says, Now I know that you fear God. Abraham's faith is completed by what he did. And James says that faith reaches its intended goal when we respond to God because faith responds this other example Rahab is unlike Abraham in almost every way she's a foreigner she's a woman she's a pagan she's living an immoral life And this is back in the book of Joshua God uh, Joshua sends a couple of spies into the city of Jericho to check it out because God has said I'm going to hand over the city And Rahab sees these spies and welcomes them in and says, I know that God has given you this city. So at risk to herself, she hides them. She helps them escape because she says, I have faith that your God really is God. What if Rahab had said, oh, man, I believe God is with you. Good luck. I hope you don't get caught. I mean, that would be like the the person James is talking about earlier. Good luck. I hope hope you get warm and well fed. No, just like Abraham, Rahab was justified, James could say. Her faith was perfected, completed by what she did. Verse 26. As the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Is dead faith without some kind of a response is dead like a body without a spirit faith without works is a useless powerless lifeless imposter James says because real faith works real faith responds so what do we do with this We don't do good works because we have to. James is not calling us to do good works out of fear. We give and serve because we have experienced the goodness of God's work towards us. Because we have known and experienced a Jesus who is gracious and generous and loving and who served us. And if we know that Jesus, and we're following him, then his life is going to flow out of us. His compassion, his kindness, his service, just as it flows out of him. That keeps us, you see, from being driven by guilt and fear. James is not telling us to do more. He's telling us to do differently. James is calling us simply to make living out our faith the priority. What deeds flow out of us because of faith that we have in Jesus? Well, we'll do what we could call deeds of devotion, prayer, growing in God's word, worship, keep us in touch with God so that we have the resources for doing the other works that God has called us to do. When Abraham is willing to offer his son Isaac on the altar, that is an act of worship. It is an act of saying, I will give you God The most important thing, you will have first place in my life, even over this relationship, this child that I love, I will worship and serve you. When we believe that God is the most wise, the most beautiful, the most worthy relationship in our lives, then he becomes a priority. And and we make sure that we don't just have a few leftover scraps of time for him because of the busyness of life or even the demands of ministry. We, we do deeds of devotion. We do, as one commentator said, deeds of morality. Because Rahab wasn't, we don't think, Rahab was not praying to God about the needs of homeless spies and then decided to start a shelter ministry for wandering Israelites. She was simply presented with a circumstance and responded in doing the right thing in that moment a deed of morality, of simply doing what is right because of our faith in Jesus, even if we haven't prayed about it, because we just recognize this is the thing to do. This is the right thing, and I'm going to do it because God has put this opportunity and need in front of me. We'll do works of ministry. All Christians are called to ministry. Our lives are ministry, our service to other out of faith in Christ. But we have different gifts, and we have... Different callings and different ministries, and, and if you're not engaged with meeting the immediate needs of homeless people, that's okay. I don't think James is saying this is the one thing every Christian must do. He's saying here's an example of what it looks like. We do deeds of ministry that we believe by faith that God has called and gifted us to do. We're going to be led to to serve and give and act in different ways, but we are acting. We are giving and serving because of faith in Christ, and we're doing it in reliance on God's power. We're doing it by faith because we believe it's what God has called us to do. We're doing it because we've been shaped by his word. We're doing it because by faith we're seeking God's glory instead of our success or our recognition. And by faith we persevere. I mean, hopefully we would all say, you know, I feel sorry for the poor. Nobody should live that way. I condemn racism. I I disagree with abortion. But James will ask us, what good is it to say that if I'm not actually engaged in helping meeting the needs of the poor and the homeless, if I'm not actually working to help bridge misunderstanding and mistreatment among the races, if I'm not actually engaged in helping defend vulnerable mothers and vulnerable infants. We do what James does here also. We're gonna graciously hold each other accountable for this kind of a life. Make it a part of our conversations to ask, what has God been leading you to do recently? Where has God been working through your life lately? It may be painful and sacrificial like Abraham. It may be risky and dangerous like Rahab. It it may be uncomfortable and inconvenient like getting to know homeless people by serving at a shelter or building a long-term friendship with a non-believing family or a poor family to to help, help them in their circumstances. But the works that James requires are not done instead of faith but because of faith. Just as the Apostle Paul himself writes, it is Christ's love that compels us. It's Christ's love that compels us. And that kind of faith works. Christ is both Savior and Lord. He can't be separated into two persons in that way. Does that make sense? I mean, James is saying, you you can't just say, well, I, I have faith that Jesus is saving me, but I'm not actually going to let him be in charge of my life because he's one person. Genuine saving faith includes trusting in Christ as Savior and following Christ as Lord. Because biblically, sin, our rebellion, our rejection of God is about deciding for ourselves to manage our lives in our own way. So how can I come to Jesus to be saved if I'm still saying, but I'm not gonna let you actually manage my life and tell you how I should live or what I should do? No, James is saying real faith works. Real faith acts, real faith shows, real faith responds. All of it is a gift from God. All of it is a gift from God that that, as Paul reminds us, Is based on what Jesus has done. And this is the future that we're heading towards in Christ. And James simply wants to say, if that's where you're heading towards, where is it showing up in your life? But it's all because of what Jesus has done. It's all founded on what Christ has done, not earning anything with God. And in just a few moments, we're going to share communion, an opportunity to remind ourselves that it is because of what Jesus has done it is his work that saves us that now gets worked out in our lives I was talking with some guys about this message coming up and they reminded me of the story in the gospels of Jesus walking on water and the the disciples are in the boat and Peter sees him walking on the water and says Lord if you command me to walk on the water I'll come to you And and he actually steps out of the boat. And then he takes his eyes off of Jesus and he sees the waves and he starts to sink. and, And, you know, we tend to give Peter a hard time for losing sight of Jesus. He's the only one who got out of the boat. Peter had a faith that for all his flaws and failures, he acted. It showed in his life. He responded. And communion is our opportunity to respond, to remember and to be reminded, not just of what Jesus has done, but what he wants to do through us too. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for loving words of challenge from men like James. Father, we don't want our lives to just be words. Oh, God, save us from that kind of a faith. Give us a faith in Jesus. Grow in us a faith in Jesus that works, that produces something, that responds, that that is seen by others. Thank you that you are the one who works in us. You are the one who will bring us to completion on the day of Christ Jesus, but we are the ones who respond. And invite you to work in us and through us. Do that more and more, especially as we see Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.